What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Man, we got another great show for you again this week. Not only do we drink and review some delicious beers, but we also got a couple of good beer news stories. And our cold brew list, well, let's just say it's not a bust. And then at the very end, we go over a little bit about Sorcerer Chromatic's trip to Las Vegas, touch on some fantasy football, and then we review the first two episodes of Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. No, we are not sponsored. We are just Star Wars fans. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and untapped. <laughs> Almost forgot. All right. So without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Uh, I know you and your wife went to Vegas. Um, did you come back uh, richer or with the uh, elephant ears? <laughs> Or what they call them, bunny ears as well? Yeah, well, the the kiss the rabbit between the ears. But um, <laughs> let's do the here All right. Uh, <laughs> well, Some middle school for you. <laughs> <laughs> In our drunken shenanigans, I, I kind of have a couple questions. You know, basic questions about your trip. Closer to that than retirement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> than early retirement. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. All right, let's get to the beer then, shall we? So today I have in front of me from our good friends at Civil Society Brewing Company out of Jupiter, Florida. You know, I, I think of Jupiter, Florida. Is it Jupiter? That's where Tiger Woods used to live, right? At one point, he had a big old mansion when him and his wife were still together. Where? Jupiter, Florida. Oh, I, I thought I thought that happened uh, up here, like in uh, like the Stanford area. No. He probably had a uh -huh. couple. He probably had a couple spots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in any event, I have from Civil Society Brewing, I have their King Gary Goes Bananas. It is a barrel-aged imperial milk stout with banana foster coffee and wild Thai bananas. Their King Gary is uh, their Imperial Stout. That's their base. And this one is goes bananas. So, I mean, I, I love chocolate and bananas, coffee, bananas. I have, when I go to work, I have my cop, cup of coffee in the morning. Or in the, well, the, my morning anyway. And the, um, and then I always have uh, a banana. For some reason, I like the, the combo of coffee and bananas. So I thought this is right up my alley. So pop off. Ooh, that was a good one. What do you got? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> I have from Samuel Adams Seasonal uh, Variety Pack. I have their Hoppy Lager. Oh, okay. Uh, it's described as a dry, hot, golden lager. That's the style. Yep. Um. Okay. Well, let me read what it is. It's a okay. brewed uh, to bring flavorful uh, crushability to the highest of hikes craziest of tailgates and most hardcore corn mazes <laughs> okay this twist on a classic lager offers big juicy hot notes with the crisp drinkability of a lager for explosion of flavor you can enjoy all beer season long okay so yeah i, I obviously got this one uh in the variety pack but i i got it uh or wanted to feature it just because, uh, yeah, a little bit of the uh, the fact that not a lager, not a lot of loggers are hoppy, are designed to be hoppy, right? Especially bitter type of hoppy. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, ABV on this bad boy, a four point eight. So yeah, it, it is in the crushable realm. But without any further ado, Papa, actually Kappa. No, oh, nice. The uh, um, 
so yeah this this king gary goes bananas it's sweet it's a dessert stout um i don't think i, I told you it is 11 percent alcohol by volume it um yeah it, the, the bananas really come out in the finish because right away you get the imperial sweet stout you know um on the nose and then in the uh the first taste is like very sweet, very syrupy. And then in the finish, that's when the, the bananas come. It's really good. I like it. I'm not sure how it's going to perform later on. <laughs> I might uh, I might get a little bit tired of the sweetness, but that's not the uh, the issue with this beer. Um, in fact, if anything, that's should be a selling point. They have a bunch of other ones. They have the Barrel Age. King Gary loves the cocoa. Uh, King Gary goes nuts. Um, so... Yeah, there, there's a bunch of them uh, by Civil Society. Uh, and I got this over at Ground Control. They did have the, the Goes Nuts, but I'm I'm a, more of a banana guy, so I, I grabbed the banana one instead. Plus, there, I think there was like 20 bucks a pop. These are in the 750, and it had the wax top. So I cut the hell out of all of it um, before I started the show because I didn't want to. I remember that one time you had the wax, and I kind of learned from your mistake how you try to cut the wax on the show, and it took you forever. Now, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why you gotta bring up old shit? God, don't you lie. Erroneous. <laughs> uh, oh, we're fake news now? Is that what you want to be? <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. How's your uh, happy lager? Happy. Very nice. Lagery. You would think. Um... Yeah, you know it's it, it's there. It's it's got maltiness up front, and uh, yeah, the, the the hoppy finish in the back. Let's see if it if it mellows out. You know, like that's yeah. the thing. The first sip or, or two, you know, um, for me too. With a lot of experience with, with uh, the hoppy bitter beers, is uh, you know you, you get acclimated to it, and uh, you know different flavor notes come through by the time you get to the end. All right, so we will rate our beers later on during the untapped portion of the show. Don't forget to search for Cold Brew Podcast on Untapped and friend us, and we'll friend you back. But right now, it's time for the beer news. All right, uh, I had to do this one because the word controversy is in the headline. This comes to us from Creative Block. Beer company's cartoon causes controversy. Apparently, it appear, it appeals to children. Camden Town Brewery has recently been under fire for a controversial TV ad that allegedly appears to promote its alcoholic products to a young, impressionable audience. The brightly colored animation was criticized for semblance to cartoon-style artwork and childlike character design, creating a tone that was deemed inappropriate for the advertisement of beer. The company has been told that the ad cannot be shown as it projects an unsafe message message to children and a number of adjustments will have to be made in order for it to return to TV screens. For some positive examples of brilliant branding... Oh, that's just a link for there. It's another story. Um, yeah, but it seems like a, a Morpheus blob of beer is, um, I don't know, professing his love to a woman who's in a pint glass. That's just the stills that they uh, that they show on here. Um, I guess I could see, you know, the whole Joe Camel uh, argument for it, but I mean, they they make cartoons for adults, right? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got a lot of thought of it. <laughs> well, well, I'm trying to. I, I'm not trying to defend these people or, or any or Joe Camel or anything, but. Um, it if if I guess they were tired of using live action, they want to use animation, and you want to make it appealing. But um, I, I understand the the criticism, and but I don't know. It just seems like over helicopter parent type shit. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. It's kind of like uh, you're looking for the problem. You know, you're looking for the fight. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, what if this is this is over across I mean, the pond? Yeah. To I mean, to an extent, I get it. Just you know, you can't. You know, when, when it comes to you know being that type of parent, you know, you want to be protective when you can, and it's applicable, applicable, or it makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. Just you, yeah, you can't 
you can't fight every battle. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying don't. It's not a worthy cause. Just sometimes, uh, you gotta prioritize. You gotta pick your battles. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, are they airing it during Saturday morning cartoons or are they airing it late night? You know, at, during the eleven o'clock news. That's true. I guess. You, yeah, I mean, well, that alone. I mean, any good media company's gonna target their, you know, their ads. Yeah, the, themselves. I mean, it's demo. almost like business would dictate that 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 contact should be limited. But right. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. What do we know? We're just too. Uh, we're in the beard game. All right. Uh, this story comes to us from almost a week ago, but still bears uh, talking about. This is a big one. This comes to us from Reuters. Uh, Heineken exits Russia with one euro sale of operations. Dutch brewer Heineken said on Friday it had completed its exit from Russia by selling its operation there to Russia's Arnest Group for a symbolic one euro. Man, they, they figured it'd be a higher bidder than that. Um, the world's second largest brewer said the deal had received all the required approvals and was likely to leave it with exceptional losses of 3 million euros. Heineken announced its intention to exit Russia in March of 2022 after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, acknowledging that the process had taken longer than expected. Uh, according to Chief Executive Dolph Vandenbrink, uh, recent developments demonstrate the significant challenges faced by large manufacturing companies in exiting Russia. Many multinational companies flocked to leaving Russia after the West imposed unprecedented sanctions on Moscow, but the Kremlin has retaliated by seizing some assets. Some foreign companies trying to exit Russia are facing a big jump in cost as Moscow is demanding bigger discounts on the price tags of assets they want to sell, three people with knowledge of the matter said. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev also said it had plans to exit its joint venture in Russia with Turkey's FS. Asked if the experience of Danone and Carlsberg had increased to the urgency for Heineken to do a deal, Vandenbrink told reporters, Our concern went up, but not the urgency. It showed there was a real risk of nationalization, and all you could do was to seek to be the master of your fate. Uh, I'm going to kind of skip through this, and basically they... They... Um, they sold it for a dollar. They they took a loss on it. They didn't want to get out right away and leave all their employees that were there um, out in the cold. Because had they just picked up and left, you know, there would have been a bunch of people out of business and they were were or out of work, and they were worried the the employees. Um, they they wanted to make sure they were taken care of. So apparently, this group that's taking over Ardent um, promises. I'm I'm doing air quotes right now. Promises not to fire anybody. But we'll fucking see when that happens, right? Anyway, so yeah, so Heineken is finally out of the Russian beer game, uh, as they said they would uh, over a year ago, and it's taken this long. But um, you know, who are we to know what their dealings are? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just wonder the if just some of the larger uh, uh, beer companies are are over reach, or you know, kind of like when we said. Um, their their business plan didn't work like i'm sorry like i'm sorry let me back up okay like sapporo's business model plan ideas didn't work for anchor and now they're gone it's kind of like oh, yeah um and they were still selling anchor i mean anchor was still selling it just you know the whole the, was the profit where they wanted to be same thing with the mm -hmm. like the russian market now is the russian market the profit level they want to be at because if not they fold up pretty easy it seems like yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, and when you're operating in a company that's or in a country that um, might be on the brink of war, maybe you should start planning oh, yeah. your exit strategy. <laughs> but whatever the case, um, yeah, Heineken's out. So good for them. All right. That's all I have this week for the beer news. Do you know what that means? I think I did. It's time for everyone's favorite segment because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. As we proceed, all right, this one might hit close to home, but let me ask you this. Yeah. 
when you think of bad NFL trades, what comes to mind these days? <laughs> these days? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, our, our beloved 49ers and their, um, their bust on Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, that was a, um, a crazy one. Now, what, the one thing I, I don't, I, I don't like, uh, mm-hmm. the description as, um, could maybe call it a homer, but I hate when people say they traded three first rounders for him. Mm-hmm. You know, th- technically it was two first rounders and a swap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it was the same draft. So, you know, so it's not like three, you know, the, the, the net gain for, uh, I think it was Miami, right? Yeah. Uh, initially had the, the, the pick was two and, and then the, the extra third rounder or something like that. So, they always say three first rounders, three first rounders. Like, no, yeah, you really didn't. Right. Net, net pick wise, it wasn't three. So, yeah. I get it though that they the trading there for the swap is still a, a a traded pick. But I don't know. I I just I just never saw it that way. And then now you see it in the news, and everyone's like three first rounders for him. Favorite. It's not like you know. It was. It was that. It's not that cut and dry. Yeah, it's not like it was three different uh, draft. Well, technically it was, again, too. You you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and another thing is if they hadn't have done that, would all the events have led up to them actually drafting Brock Purdy, who is turning out to be a good pick? Right. You know, that's kind of... That's a big spin on it, you know, coming from the 49ers side, but I think of that sometimes. No, I get it, too. I mean... And you know my my my, uh, my theory too is maybe this this injury is more um um what do I want to say not nagging but impairing than mm. than uh, let on you know what I mean mm. didn't he have a second surgery to clean something out or to to help the healing or something like that yeah I'm not you know what I'm to be honest I'm not too clear on all the surgeries but if you say so then sounds right um and plus I mean. He is not a bust yet. He's been a bust for the Niners because they haven't got any production out of him. But he, as far as being a football player, he still might be all right. He, you know, even if it's a backup or a journeyman quarterback, you know, on the scales of like Mariota or Winston, that might be not too bad. He can make a nice little decent living for himself in the next, you know, eight, six, eight years. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Or another, another narrative I hate is a. Uh... You know, the Niners gave Alex Smith four years. They didn't even trade Lance, uh, you know, four starts or something like that, or, or four wins or <laughs> well, something to that effect. Yeah. But at the same time, the the, the team Alex Smith was on was, was a terrible team. You know, like right. the, the team the Niners have now are built to win now. So, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, different, exactly. Different scenario, yep. you know. All right, let's get to your list. Okay. So the Browns move up for Trent Richard, Trent Richardson in 2012. Oh, I kind of remember that. So Cleveland was somehow able to trade Richardson to the Colts for a first round pick. Okay. Uh, it could have been worse had the fourth pick been uh, Matt Khalil. So. <laughs> yeah, this was wait wait. They moved up from the fourth to pick Richardson. All right. He was third in Heisman voting behind uh, Robert Griffin and Andrew Luck. Okay. So, yeah, it, that was the year. That was it. Andrew okay. Luck, Robert Griffin here. So, yeah, then the Colts move up to pick um, oh. Richardson, who just, wow, who didn't really pan out. Nope. Um, great. So, in um, 2018, the Jets move up for Sam Darnold. <laughs> so the Jets traded right. the traded the sixth pick and three second round picks to the Colts for the third pick. I think that's another. Uh, he was just in the, in the wrong organization. I think so too. I mean, uh, he's got a big arm. He he understands football. It just kind of uh, you know, you look at uh, the the other kid they got Wilson. I mean, Wilson was a number two overall pick and. He's overwhelmed. You know, it, yep. it, it is it is tough to uh, to just throw rookies in the fire. We're still mm-hmm. finding out, right? Especially, uh, I mean, especially on a bad team. 
Right. Because I mean, you look at I mean, the, the only there's there are outliers like Roethlisberger is a big fucking outlier because he they went to the Super Bowl his first year. Was it his first year? No, his second year. But anyway, nevertheless, yeah, yeah, he he had he uh, he got a quick a better start than most. Yep. All right, here we go. Number eight, Washington gives up three first round picks to get RG three. Oh, okay. Same draft as Richardson. <laughs> um, so there have been five trades involving one team giving up three first-round picks in the common era <laughs> since uh, 67. They involved Deshaun Watson, Jim Plunkett, Herschel Walker, Trey Lance, and Robert Griffin III. Hmm. RG3 so, wasn't that bad. He was, But he's no Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But then the thing is too, he, he tore his ACL in mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs against the Seattle. So it's kind of like the the injury bug too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It doesn't discriminate, man. The injury bug. All right. So, um, you know, it doesn't say what the exact trade was. They said three first round first picks. Round. Yeah, but. They didn't say which years or, yeah. Well, they, they just said that that the um, the guys uh, that the the Rams were able to to get. And that's funny because you know, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think the Rams have had a first round pick in like three or four years. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, since Goff, but yeah, like they got Brockers, Janoris Jenkins, Alec Ogletree, um, Isaiah Peed. Stedman Bailey, Zach Stacy, and Greg Robinson. Not decent guys. I mean, it's not like they got Aaron Donald because of this. <laughs> yeah, there's no Hall of Famers in there, but yeah. I think. Role players. Yeah. Um, Johnny Manziel falls to the Browns in 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heisman sensation. Um, the Browns in 2014 traded with the Eagles, who took Marcus Smith, 26th overall. But Smith, he only played three seasons with Philadelphia, too. So he kind of wasn't the um, first-round draft pick expectation in general. Yeah. Here we go. This is a a forgotten trade because, well, this guy's gone, too. Your Cardinals moved up in 2018 for uh, Josh Rosen. Oh, yeah. And then the very next year... (laughs) Well, um, yeah, they traded the 15th pick, which turned into uh, offensive tackle uh, Colton Miller to the Raiders, and a third rounder and a fifth rounder to get Rosen uh, 10th overall. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were saying that. Um, wait, and then uh, the Cardinals were able to uh, to trade him for the to the Dolphins for a second and a fifth. Yeah, because they drafted Murray a year later. But yeah, a lot of people thought that the the um the Raiders didn't get the best haul for for that flip of uh you know ten to fifteen. So oh yeah, that's true. Here we go. Chargers trade up for number two pick Ryan Leaf. Oh, that was that was a huge one because of the whole uh, um, Eli controversy, right? No, no Peyton. Oh, was it? I thought it was Eli. It was 98. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you're thinking of Philip Rivers. This oh, is Ryan oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Philip Rivers actually turned out to be a good quarterback. That's right. Ryan Leaf turned out to be like a fucking bust. You're right. I forgot. Let's see. So the Chargers paid um, a hefty price to move up from three to two in 1989. So, a, a um, number. Another summer. No, I'm sorry. 1998. My bad, my bad. Ah, man. I know. I always say 89. <laughs> I always say 89 because of that song. <laughs> I love that fucking uh, song, man. Yeah. But they they traded two players, Eric Metcalf and uh, Patrick Sapp, along with two first-round draft picks that turned out to be Andre Wadsworth and David Boston. Plus a second-rounder. Boston actually um, turned out to be a great player. 
Here's one. The Bears move up one pick for Trubisky in 2017. Yeah, the, the Niners got the the good side of that trade. Yeah. <laughs> but we got <laughs> the player's not on the team no more. We got Solomon <laughs> Thomas, you know. <laughs> oh, that's true. But I mean they, they did get a, a couple uh, a few more than just Solomon Thomas for number one, but I mean the and the Bears just went up by one? Were they afraid someone else was gonna trade up to, for Trubisky? And that's the year that they, they passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. So even if even if they didn't move, they still could have got one of those two guys. Or did Watson went ten, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mahomes went ten. Mahomes went ten. Okay. Mahomes went. Um, Watson went twelfth, actually. Oh, okay. See, yeah. The, see, they didn't even need to, to trade. They could have got one of those two guys, even if someone got. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just to move up one, it um, didn't make any sense at the time. But then again, then yeah. the Niners did it uh, a couple years ago. So. The Niners also was it with the pick they were able to get Fred Warner. Ah, see, there you go. Totally I, worth it. I guess, yeah, I guess you know they used the pick as an asset, and um, one of the that pick that went to the it ended up going to the Saints for whatever reason the the Niners traded. Uh, they ended up taking Alvin Kamara with it. Oh shit, that was good for them too. <laughs> um, then in. 1999, the Saints trade the entire draft for Ricky Williams. Ah, uh, little hand Williams. The entire, yes, Chumzilla. <laughs> trade eight picks for eight picks for a running back. Um, he was drafted fifth overall. The three picks around him were Edwin James at four, Torrey Holt six, and Champ Bailey at seven. Oh shit! Bailey was a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He did get ten thousand yards in his career. No, he wasn't bad. I think it was just yeah. you know you know what was was really bad was he hired Master P as his fucking agent. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and then the, the interesting the incentive laden con- contracts. I'm not if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it was weird. It was kind of like all the numbers and stuff seem arbitrary, but like they were based off. Uh, Terrell Davis is like last three years of performance. You know what I mean? Like oh, he was going to exceed one of the best one in the game at at the time. You know, a two and a a, a two way back too. Not just a, a Ricky Williams was just a one way back. He he just a downhill runner. Right. I mean he he was big and he was elusive. Just uh, you know, it was you, you still need a balanced you still need a balanced offense in the NFL because. You know, playing at Texas, yeah, he's gonna get some cupcake schedule competition, and mm-hmm. and that's and I'm not trying to downplay the um, you know, the the young student athlete talent. You know, there's a lot of talent in Division One football, regardless yeah. of what program you are. Just sometimes Texas just has way more talent than, than the guys <laughs> lining up next to him, and that's that's the honest truth with um, during a uh, Ricky Williams time. Yeah. I mean, and Williams, what I'm, what I meant by two is like he could run the ball, but he wasn't the best receiver. So he, he right. you know, he wasn't a complete. I wouldn't call it complete, but like a, a exceptional, um, multifaceted back. And and they try to get him to do that, and he just that's that's where he lacked, and I think that's why he fell off on, on. That's why I think a lot of people consider him a bust because of that. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Number two, the Colts forced to trade John Elway in 83. Forced? They were forced? Or is it because Elway just like, I'm not going to play for the Colts. He pulled a... Yeah, Yeah, well, he refused to play for him. Okay. Yeah. So um, they ended up like trading one, two, three, like three players for him. Mm. But of course... You know, Denver ultimately got Super Bowls with him. Oh, yeah. But took a while, but yes. <laughs> they were there, though. I mean, it's not like they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. They just couldn't win until hit the very end of his career. Yeah. All right. So, the number one, the Niners move up for Trey Lance. So, top of the list of the worst trades in history. We don't know what Lance will turn to, but it's hard to imagine. Worst trade for the team. 
Uh, if he goes down, he have a great career because he's only 23, still possibility. Mm-hmm. But the compensation. Mm-hmm. So, San Francisco traded Lance for a fourth round pick only two years after they traded three first round picks for him. Lance played eight games for the Niners, the fewest by a top five pick for his debut team in the common era. Mm. Niners made back-to-back conference championship games in two seasons since drafting Lance. Better spent picks could have theoretically theoretically lifted to a Super Bowl. Um, the Dolphins used the three first picks to trade up for Jalen Waddle, then trade for mm. veteran Terry Kill and mm. defensive head Brad Chubb. Now, see, I I still kind of take those with a grain of salt too because we don't have we didn't have enough money to get Hill and probably Chubb. Right. So it's kind of like. Just because if we kept our picks doesn't mean we could have made that deal, you know, because you can you know, Debo got paid. You can only, you know, spend so much money on receivers. Yep. I just think they did want to just inform us <clears throat> where those picks went to. Yeah, that's all it is. Just informational. I don't think they're they're arguing. Right. Then the Niners traded out of 12, which was uh, Micah Parsons. Um, the 10 picks after Lance were. Kyle Pitts, man. Jamarta Chase, man. Jalen Waddle's nice. Mm-hmm. Penny Silo, uh, Lineman don't get no love. JC Horn, Patrick Sertain, okay, they're nice. Devontae Smith, nah. Justin Fields. Huh. I mean, he's got nice stats, but they were still the worst team last year, right? The Bears? Yeah. <laughs> but but Sertain was really good. He is really good. I mean, he's a lockdown. Yeah. Corner. yeah, I said I said him and Horn. I, I like them. Oh, okay. You just said really nice. JC it seems Horn. like it was dismissive. In in my ears, anyway. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Um. What you called? Uh, Parsons mm-hmm. and Rashawn Slater are already Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco could have drafted. Let me say they could have drafted Justin Fields, thousand yard rushing season in twenty twenty. Or I'm sorry, twenty twenty two. Or Mac Jones started a playoff game in twenty twenty. Eh. Jones is falling off, in my opinion, and yeah. um. Yeah, a thousand yard rushing quarterback um, isn't ideal. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, not Justin Fields, just uh, I kind of see a little bit of it because, you know, the Bears were the worst record, right? They had the number one pick. They just traded it to to Carolina. That's why, you know, they don't have the number one draft pick. But it's kind of like. the the Stafford effect, it's like yeah, you got a lot of stats because you got a lot of garbage time defense, you know. <laughs> and you know, it's not like they designed runs for Fields. He had to escape because the line was so horrible. I got it. All right. Well, that's enough of uh, my defense of the Trey Lance situation. <laughs> okay. Because I was kind of, oh, you know, I, I get it, like. The, the irony is they got him, too, because Garoppolo had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. And he gets hurt, too. So yep. you can't blame Shanahan for getting his quarterback hurt because he's not designing these run plays for him. It was a broken play to scramble, you know? Yep. Yeah. 100%. Even the Garoppolo one, too, right? And then he was, wasn't he scrambling the first time when he tore his ACL? Yeah. Yeah, he put his head down. He should have ran out of bounds. Yeah, true. Yeah, but he planted and then tore his ACL. But anyway, it was a broken play. That was my whole point. All right. Thanks, man. That was a great list. Like it. Very timely, especially with the uh, NFL season about to start. Only one more. As we're recording this, only one more preseason weekend. Are, are we done, huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh, only three. Unless yeah. you played the Hall of Fame game. Uh, yeah. No, I, I forgot there's only three now. So, yeah, we're, we're about to start up. All right, so let's uh, rate our beers right now. Um, how's your beer treating you, man? Oh, it was good. It was gone. Oh, Easy okay. drinker. I think too. I, I am. Um, I had to uh, drink some extra because of the whole pain of the Trey Lance deal. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you had the Sam Adams Hoppy Lager. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. All right, what would you like to rate this beer at? Um, I'm gonna give it 3.5. Oh shit! You're right there, man. It's a overall 3.51. So you're right there with everyone else. What are your notes for this one? 
It, it's multi, happy, and sweet. Oh, okay. Everything you want in a beer. And more. Much. And save and check in. So I have um, King Gary Goes Bananas. You know, I thought it was going to get... Um, it is syrupy and it is sweet. I thought it was going to get maybe unbearably sweet, but no, it kind of maintained the same level of sweetness. I really like, I really dig this one, man. This one's super good. I'm going to give this one a 4.2. So let me go to, uh, let me look it up real quick. Let's see, King Gary. I was, oh, there it is. Yeah, I just typed in King Gary and search, and there it was. 4.25 overall. So I'm like right there with everyone else. 4.25. Or no, 4.2, excuse me. <laughs> um, sweet and banana E. Save and check in. All right. So um, how was Vegas, man? Where'd you stay this time? We stayed at Aria again. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. My wife, uh, she got free rooms for us. So. Oh, or yeah. A for room, so yeah, it was a nice, um, another nice room yeah. high up. Although our view was of the uh, the Cosmopolitan, the hotel next door, it wasn't really a strip view. Oh, okay. But if, at least it wasn't the backside of the casino, looking over the uh, the parking garage or something. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good point. It's not bad to look at a casino. They're usually pretty uh, all lit up and everything. Do yes. you guys? Do you guys gamble any? Uh, yeah, my wife did. My, my my wife, she's a she. She likes to uh, to be in the gaming, uh, the slots predominantly. Actually, um, and she, she did actually, well. She, yeah, she did well. I actually had a little hot streak. Um, she got bored of me. Um, just <laughs> right when walking you got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I got no, because I just I just kind of uh, you know people watch and drink beer and just check in on her and stuff like that. So she said, hey. Take this, put it in the machine, just play a little bit. And I'm like, all right. So I was up quite a bit. So she was happy with that because I, you know, I, I cashed out and gave it to her. No big deal. Yeah. What, uh, um, did you guys, did you do any, uh, beer hopping? Did you guys go to Brew Dog or did you guys go to any breweries or were you just there just for a, a, a couple's thing? Oh, yeah. It was a couple's thing. We, we went to, um, we went to dinner. So for me, the beer experience was pretty chill. Okay. Like I was drinking like 805. Um, and stuff like that. Just uh, mostly chill beers. Um, we went to uh, Nobu for Ooh, dinner. Hey now, and, and yeah, their beer is uh, choices are underwhelming. Um, <laughs> okay. Sapporo and Asahi are very uh, are very prominent. <laughs> right, yeah. No, they did have a um, they did have a few local. I forgot for the life of me. I forgot which uh, breweries they were. They had a few local selections. Mm -hmm. However. They're both IPAs, and I'm like, I'm not trying to do hoppy beer with, uh, with and uh, change my palate for this, you know, sushi Japanese fusion food. I'm, I just want a, a simple thing. So actually, I went with the uh, with the cocktail instead. Um, gotcha. To be honest, and then we went to um, we went to the show Absinthe. Oh, uh, what is that? Caesar's palace. It's like a, it's kind of like a rival to Cirque du Soleil, but it's mm. a lot more raunchier. <laughs> but they do like. It's like a it's like a vaudevillian style uh, themed circus versus a the the Cirque du Soleil circus. Gotcha. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if this guy was staged or planned, but the uh, the MC got some guy all pissed off, threw a drink at him, and got kicked out. It was pretty funny. Oh, He's in the shit. front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So that show, it like yeah, it, like when it first opened, I, I heard it. I heard a lot of things about it that was really good um and just time passed and then uh you know my wife asked hey if we do a show what would you want to do and i'm like let's change it up and try this one and it was cool i mean it was cool it was entertaining um i had a, a shiner bock there that was one of the few real craft beers that they had on on selection <laughs> okay. that's good yeah. it's a good beer it was it was nice yeah um didn't want to drink too many because uh I didn't want to have to go to the bathroom and climb over everyone just to go. It was a <laughs> it was a tight little situation. Oh, okay. Or or um, get thrown out, like homeboy did. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> so, um, let's see. 
I think yeah, that was just the first night. And then we yeah, then we stayed out. Uh, we gambled a little bit. Yeah, that was the first night. And then uh, the next day we did our thing. Uh, she, my my wife she also likes uh, the the chill pool scene. So uh, we didn't do the day club. We just did the 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 regular pool. But we got a we got the day bed set up and you know the um, it's, it's kind of semi VIP if you will. Yeah. And uh, just chilled. Actually, I got a little sunburn going on too. I thought I thought I covered myself pretty well, but. <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little color. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> with that, um, let's see. Then just uh, another dinner at this Mexican restaurant at Aria. And just kind of a chill night of uh, of gambling. Caught a little bit of the Niner game, but nothing else too exciting. Mm. Right on. Then I can share. <laughs> right, exactly. <clears throat> are you doing any uh, um fantasy football this year i am I, i'm in two teams i think i have a draft i have a draft on wednesday which is my birthday and then a draft on saturday which is our parents thing so uh i'm gonna just kind of uh you got an auto draft yeah i did that last year and i won so it, you know what it, the only reason i won was because the guys that i had didn't get injured it's the only yeah, reason i, got I and plus, I also got McCaffrey, and you know he went from the the Panthers to the Niners. Right. You know, I I I wanted to uh to auto draft or I wanted to draft before uh-huh. the season. Hmm. Just because well, it's, it's a risk, right? Life's a risk. <laughs> That's uh right. You know, any injuries or surprise cuts or whatever could really uh, already affect the season. You know? Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I have two. Yeah, I have two. I have one on Tuesday and one on Thursday, and they're both uh, snake drafts. Um, so I'll probably attend, or I mean, I'll probably be present for like the first, I don't know, ten rounds, maybe twelve rounds, and then I might just let it go to auto draft after that, because after that, don't, it don't really matter. I don't know who I'm picking by that time. All right. So uh, Disney Plus had their first two episodes of Ahsoka. Drop. Um, did you watch them? Well, I mean, of course you did. Yeah, I did. Talking about <laughs> what'd you think? Just overall of the the. I'll, I'll go over the uh, the plot points, but what'd you think overall? Well, I liked it. I yeah. liked it. I, it's uh, it's promising. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Uh, now you what? You watched Rebels, right? Yeah, not not all of it, but okay. yeah, I watched like the first two seasons. Okay, so you kind of get all the backstory and how they all, all the characters relate to each other. Right, yeah. A lot of people are calling this like Rebel Season 4, whatever mm-hmm. season Rebels left off on. Gotcha. See, I didn't watch any. Uh, when I watched the Beard Nerd channels, they filled me in on everything. The Beard Nerd. Excuse me. The the Star Wars Nerd channels. Um, they filled me on the backstory of everything. And so I, I got a more of an appreciation for it because at first, the only thing I was thinking of was... I know who's better than Ezra. Hey. Thank you. I grew up in the nineties. Um, all right, let, let's talk about the uh, the show. The first one called Master and Apprentice, uh, referring to the old, uh, you know, the the Jedi and the and the Padawan uh, pairing, the duo. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, well, that could also be the the Sith uh, rule of two. Right. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Give me while I take a sip of beer. Um. All right, so the first thing that stuck out at me was the uh, the non-standard, the the non-Star Wars ish uh, crawl at the beginning. Yeah, it was a little bit more bold it, and, and almost generic looking. And it was like just straight up and down. It wasn't like the fade in, off into the distance cut type. Right. Um, and then they did, but they did do their standard Star Wars opening where the ship uh, pans across the screen in space. So that was, you know, that was still Star Wars esque. Um, let's see. So we find out that, uh, uh Morgan Elsbeth has been, uh, arrested or, or captured by, uh, Ahsoka Tano. And then, uh, she escapes or she gets rescued. Uh, that's kind of how it starts. And, uh, now just for, for those of you out there listening, I'm going, I am totally going, p- skipping all the, the finer points and the dialogue and the relationships type stuff just to go for the plot points. Um, Ahsoka goes to an ancient temple 
the you know with the the big white statues and everything and retrieves a sphere which we later learn on uh, later learn is a map and uh she fights uh, uh hk droids to get out of there assassin droids and uh, they end up self-destructing and almost getting her and blowing up the whole site uh she takes yeah, that was crazy yeah that was kind of cool and and on the beard new channels they said it was covered in that that black um sand stuff and that that's like um combustible so that's why it it went up the way it did oh okay i just thought like they had some sort of mega bomb in the droid for self-destruction oh. sequence well, <laughs> <laughs> well the, the center part was but then if you saw the way it radiated it looked like it was uh stuff was catching on fire you know so that's what they were talking about makes sense um ahsoka goes to an ancient temple oh, i said that uh she takes uh the map back to base and Hera suggests Ahsoka uh, ask Sabine Wren for help. Uh, let's see here. Then we go to the um, to where Sabine is at. Uh, she skips out on a uh, on a ceremony hosted by the hardest screw to ever walk a turn at Shawshank, Mr. Clancy Brown, um, who I learned uh, actually voiced that character. A lot of these uh, characters that are on the show voiced the character on Rebels. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm learning too. So that's kind of cool. I like that. And they kind of look like the they they would show like the 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 people who were on Rebels. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I I, I can see that." Um yeah. Sabine uh watches a, a old hollow message she got she had from Ezra claiming how they weren't related but they're like brother and sister. Um and see Morgan and the two imposter Jedi who help um bust uh, Morgan Elsbeth out of cap uh, captivity. I go to an ancient Knights of Danthamir temple and plot to, um, it seemed like they wanted to kill Sabine. Like they, they realized she's like the, they couldn't really see Ahsoka. They can't see her future, but maybe they could see Sabine's and they figure if they take her out, then it would stop their plans. But anyway, so that's where they, they, they go to get Sabine. Uh, but Ahsoka tracks down Sabine and says, uh, I think I know how to find Ezra. That's like her way of saying, can you help me? Because otherwise, I don't think Sabine and Ahsoka left on good terms. And if she asked Sabine, hey, if, can you help me with this? She'd be like, nah. But she knows how to she knows how to manipulate Sabine by saying, I think we could find Ezra. And that totally gets her, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see here. Ahsoka and Sabine have a tense exchange and he, the whole time, the whole episode, they were very tense with each other. You know, the standoffish, the crossed arms poses and everything. Um, Hu Yang uh, then comes in and interjects and says, hey, I, I, um, I can I ID the uh, one of the fake Jedi. His name is uh, uh, Balin Skull. So uh, um, they're like, oh, OK, we got that. Uh, Sabine uh, <laughs> asked for the map. Ahsoka says no. And then while uh, Hui Wang is trying to, or is telling Ahsoka about um, the Jedi, uh, Sabine takes off. She takes the map, splits, goes back to her place. Uh, she does figure out how to unlock it, though, and she opens the map. But then uh, two HK droids who um, were brought there by uh, Shin Hati, the other um, fake uh, Jedi, and they take that from her. So they, they have the map now. The baddies have the map. And then... Uh, <laughs> What I, what I thought was funny was Sabine chases after him and it looks like she lost them and then they're like waiting for her. It was almost like it was a, it was a trap. It's a trap. And then there was a, the, the lightsaber battle and Sabine takes one to the gut. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, and and her living, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Right. Did that happen in, in, in Rebels or like the Bad Batch or anything or any of the other Star Wars uh Series is? Uh, memory serves no. I mean, we know that Luke gets his hand I mean, chopped well, off. Well, um, I'm sorry. In that Obi Wan, remember uh, what Sister Five or whatever the the main oh, girl? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she she stabs the Grand Inquisitor. Right. Oh yeah, um, that's true. Forgot about that. But then everyone say you know that that species has two stomachs and blah blah blah, but. It's kind of like how you know how come uh, how come Qui Gon died but she didn't you know yeah that's true um well he got he got hit with the mortal wound I guess and she just got it like on the abdomen 
missed the stomach and everything. Plus, it seems like those lightsabers, if it had they if they penetrate you just in one spot, it cauterizes the wound immediately. And it seems like it anyway. Plus, they have the back to tanks now and everything. Um Let's see where we at here. Oh, okay. That was the end of uh, part one. Part two called Toil and Trouble, which I've uh, I heard was a uh, reference to a Shakespearean quote from a play. I think it was Macbeth. The ones with the, yeah, the Macbeth, witches. Yeah. Um let's see here. As Sabine recovers from the wound, she uh, she keeps hearing uh, you know, the she keeps hearing voices. Um she's still force sensitive and everything, but uh, she it seems like she's trying to quit that. Um see Balin and Shin uh, take the map to that ancient temple, that Stonehenge type place. Um and let's see here. Ahsoka goes to Sabine's place and um to you know see what's going on and she does that force sensitive sensitive stuff where she can tell what's had happened, like the the battle before. That's kind of weird. They keep introducing like force force powers that weren't in the uh the original um trilogy, and it's kind of weird when that happens. Do you feel that way too, or is it just me? Sorry, you lost me. Repeat the question again. Oh, they keep in all these Star Wars um, series and shows and movies and stuff. They keep introducing new force powers that they didn't have in the beginning, such as uh, this. In this one, the Ahsoka was able to like hear the the battle that happened the day before. Does, does that bu- bug you at all, or you just like, eh, whatever? Well, I know what you're talking about, and um, I, you know, I, I do watch the uh, review videos as well. They were saying that that's a um, th- th- that's a, a force power in one of the video games. The the really popular one was it Survivor or something like that. Oh, the it one just uh, just came out. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Then it's a it's an older one. Then uh, the Fallen I Order. Think. Okay. It might be Fallen Order. Okay. But yeah, that the, the, there was a that 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 uh, force power kind kind of like a. Uh, Grogu with the healing, and then they actually had it in uh, in Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I get it. A, a new uh, force power here and there, and in all honesty, you you hardly see Jedi's anyway, so you don't know the full extent of what the force could do. That's true. We only see like, especially with the original trilogy, we only know what they could do. But maybe, you know, who cares if they add? I mean, it just seems kind of weird at first, but then. After I see it a few, you know, a couple more times, and it's like, eh, whatever. So it exists now, and cool. Let's move on. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh yeah, so she destroys that HK droid who's waiting in uh, um, in ambush for her, and they take it to Sabine, who's still in the recovery room, and she taps into the droid's memory unit and finds out uh, Morgan's location. Well, she finds out a location where that HK has been. And it was it turned out to be Corellia, where they built like the big star cruisers and even Han Solo's Millennium Falcon. Right. Uh, let's see here. The uh, YT shuttles. Yeah, the YT shuttles. Uh, see, Morgan, Balin, and Shin uh, are at the temple now, and Morgan opens the map um, and shows Thrawn's location, and claims the eye of scion is on its way i'm like what the fuck is that that's some sort of lord of the ring stuff but we find out later with the eye of scion and it's it's pretty fucking cool uh balin instructs shin to go to Corellia to assist uh merrick um then ahsoka and hera go to Corellia to investigate what's going on because they have the the lead from that droid's memory unit uh and then they're they're in the uh the control deck or whatever you want to call it and uh, that one protocol droid fucking spills the beans <laughs> Because they're looking for HK droids. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't know of any HK droid. And the protocol droid's like, oh, yeah, I saw an HK droid like five rotations ago. And uh, it's, it's on that ship right there. <laughs> so then they have to uh, kill all the uh, the crew because the crew spring to life. And they're like, for the Imperial or for the Empire. And then start attacking uh, um, Hera and Ahsoka. So that that, that was kind of funny that the, the, the protocol droid just totally fuck it, fucked shit up. Um, Ahsoka races to stop the, the transport, but was confronted by an HK droid and what is believed to be an Inquisitor. Uh, given his, uh, or its, or whoever's, um, lightsaber, the double lightsaber with that, that arc in the middle. 
Um, but then Hera yeah. races races after the transport and they plant a tracking beacon on it so they can find out where it's going to go. Um, then, yeah. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Uh, not, not that you glossed over it, but there's things that I, I did like and I didn't like. Um, and it even goes back to the, the, the Sabine Ren fight. It's like the, um, the adversary for Ahsoka, that was a good fight scene. Yeah. However, it's kind of like should people be that good with a lightsaber? You know, that aren't Jedi, I mean, or aren't Sith? Well, I know this Inquisitor, uh, this Inquisitor level of, you know, Force user, Jedi, Jedi hunters that aren't really full Sith are, I guess, better than average, but yeah. should they be as good as Ahsoka? You know what I mean? That's a good considering point. Ahsoka, you know, considering Ahsoka held her own for a while against you know darth vader uh she almost killed darth maul i mean um she, she's pretty good you know is what i'm trying to get at you know <laughs> yeah and when it comes to like fighting like you you would think like someone who's really good in the force can predict your your opponent's moves and so when it's a uh, jedi versus sith or you know jedi jedi sits it's whatever force sensitive people it'd be a little bit harder because their future is cloudy so you can't really see it but if it's a non-Jedi person and they're using a lightsaber, sure, you know, you can use a lightsaber. It's not like you, only people with the Force could use it. It's just a sword. But you would think it'd be so much easier to, to defeat one of those if you're a Jedi. Exactly. Or next Jedi in Ahsoka's case. No, no, I get that. I totally get it. But it was pretty cool. I like the way that she got the Inquisitor to kill his own HK droid. That part was good. Yeah, like the shield when she yeah. like, speared it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, and but, then he, he turned and right, swung right. at her and and chopped it in half. Yeah. Yeah. Then real quick, the the one of the first conspiracy theories is they think that that Inquisitor guy was uh, is actually Ezra Bridger. Bridger. Oh, really? Like, they, yeah, they're going to reveal himself as uh, him as a like a some sort of Sith apprentice, not just an Inquisitor. Mm, crazy. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We will. That'd be cool, but I think it's a little, a little too far fetched. But we'll see. Um, and then after that, that whole uh, battle on Corellia, and the uh, um, Sabine cuts her hair. She like kneels in front of her uh, her Mandalorian uh, helmet, and she cuts her hair so she can don the helmet again because she's gonna. She's, she and, and Ahsoka are kind of teaming up or partnering up again, right? Is, is that the sense you got? They never really said it. But. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, getting the band back together. <laughs> the problem I had is, like, she cut her hair just, like, with one swift knife um, swipe. And then the next time yeah. you see her, it's all perfect, like a pixie cut. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only part I didn't like about that. That is a little too far-fetched. Uh, but then we it see was, it was the vibro blade, right? <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, then we see uh, th what the Eye of Scion is. It's like this big, huge ring. It's like a, almost like a, a transporter of sorts, and they're going to use it to go and cross time and space to 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 Thrawn, right? Yeah, they said like in the uh, in the prequels, like the the Jedi fighter, how they had to use that ring to get into hyperspace. Mm -hmm. That's like, exactly what I thought. Make, like, a, yeah, like this thing's going to make a hyperspace warp for multiple ships, not just one. So. Yeah, and that's why when they were on Corellia and they they were asking about that hyperdrive, why it was still intact. And the guy, uh, the that little Weasley guy didn't want to tell Hera what it's from. Um, I think that's what it was for, right? Right. Anyway, um, so yeah, as we see what the Ion Scion is, uh, they're about to go and get Thrawn. Um, and this is a... He didn't say it in these words, but Balin was like, I have a bad feeling about this. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what I got, because he said, nope, uh, I can't see uh, Ahsoka's future. But, you know, since I can't see it, she's probably coming. Like, let's let's prepare for the fact that she's, she's on her way. And that was it. That was pretty much the end of part two. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like it. I, I like where they're going. I think a lot of the backstory that was filled in for me from uh, those nerd channels um, really helped because at first I was like, eh, who cares? I, I watched it once um, when if, uh, during the week and then I watched it both of them again today before we recorded 
and took down my notes. Um, so then I got a better appreciation for it um, the second time. That's cool. It's cool in the gang. All right, man. Anything else you'd like to bring up on this episode of Cold Brew? Yeah. I think we're good. All right. Thanks for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. We raise the ball and we put it in your ear no matter who you are.